Welcome to the Unlocking Unlimited Potential Stories podcast. My name is Dr. Brandon Beck, and I am so excited for you to be here to join us today. The goal of this show is to amplify the stories of amazing people, which serve as inspiration for your journey. Your story matters. It tells us who you are and who you want to be. Enjoy this opportunity to hear from these innovative thought leaders as they discuss what it means to unlock unlimited potential. If you are looking for an opportunity to connect further with me after this show, please visit brandonbeckedu.com to learn more about my speaking, coaching, consulting, and other offerings that are designed to help you and your organization find greater results in your journey. Fifty episodes, man! I am so excited to be able to celebrate this today. I know fifty episodes is really not that many when all said and done, but to me, it's a really big feat. It's taken an incredible amount of time to be able to put this together and be able to turn this vision into a reality, and it's really thanks to all of the awesome people that I've had the opportunity to connect with on this show. Because without them, this show wouldn't be where it is. Having the opportunity to connect with them and schedule a call and schedule a time to record or debrief or chat or just have the opportunity to introduce myself to someone. Because every single person that I've reached out to has said yes, has said that they're willing to share the incredible work that not only they're doing, but so many other people are doing. That's what I love about the unlocking unlimited potential dedications, just learning about the stories of people that have little or no followings and hearing how their stories helped lift the stories of the guests on the show has been incredible. You know, as I sit here and reflect on 50 episodes We have an incredible guest lined up, and I'm going to get to him in a minute, but I don't normally do this on this show, but I want to take a moment and I want to continue this reflection because I've learned a few things doing this show, and having the opportunity to have 50 episodes gives me a moment to take a little bit of reflection. And as I sit here and reflect, I came up with three things that I thought about that I felt resonated within all or most of the guests and felt that it's something that I'd like to be able to share with you on the honor of this 50th episode for the Unlocking Unlimited Potential Stories, which by the way, this started out as an idea and a whim and incredible people followed up and said they'd be interested to chat and help me out, get started, and just really thankful for all the people that are a part of that. So here we go. Drum roll, please. In 50 episodes, the top three things that I've learned about unlocking unlimited potential comes from these three things in the Unlocking Unlimited Potential Stories podcast. So I'm going to go backwards. So first and foremost, the top three, number starting at number three. 
So number three was that a lot of the people that were on this show were coaches or athletes at some point in their career. Being myself, a professional soccer coach, I find that really interesting, and I find that as an awesome thing to be able to connect with these incredible people. But I also find it interesting how sports and coaching sports leads to some really amazing educators. The second thing that I noticed that resonated with most of the people was that most of them had talked about poor experiences in education. You're going to hear from Ryan Jackson here today, who he literally says the words that he never had a teacher that was considered his favorite. He never had one. That right there is a huge part of the reason why people show up to become better educators. Because we all know that we are very, very capable of serving the people who we once were. And we're also even more capable of serving the people that we know needed someone. And a lot of us want to become that someone. And poor educational experiences, those right there, my friends, well, that leads to some inspiring moments and some really inspiring educators that are out there doing some incredible things. And finally, number one, the drum roll is going. Here it is, the number one thing that I've learned is that all of them seek challenges consistently beyond their comfort zone. People overcoming such incredible obstacles, people overcoming obstacles personally, in their families, in their careers, in their hardships, in their upbringing, in things that were in their control and beyond their control. People still seek these incredible challenges and they constantly return to places to work with educators, to share and inspire them so that they can continue to rise and continue to serve. It's really been an incredible thing. So uh, let me say that again. The three things is we had coaches and athletic experience. We had coaches. That was number three. Number two is that a lot of them had very poor educational experiences that they were trying to make better for others. And the number one is that these people on this show, they all seek to create opportunities for themselves within challenges that are beyond their comfort zone. I find that incredibly awesome. And you're about to hear from someone today who I am so honored to have as my 50th episode, Dr. Ryan B. Jackson. Man, he really tells the perfect story for a 50th episode because his story from rock bottom to climbing out 
and constantly getting himself into a place where he was able to find passion and purpose and direction through the opportunity of serving students in difficult areas or places where maybe they weren't given the same advantages as other people. Starting out as a movie producer, taking himself all the way through the whole process to become an educator from a teacher to a principal. He calls himself the underdog advocate. And when you talk about an underdog advocate, nobody can speak this story better than this guy right here. It is such a treat for you to be able to listen to him. The 50th episode. All right, welcome to the Unlocking Unlimited Potential Stories show. I am so excited to be here with you all. I have finally tracked down this guy, the underdog advocate. I pulled him out of the gym to, to reach him here and to get him here. I mean, I'm usually watching him on, on videos and I see him. I'm super inspired by all the workout he's doing. He's the founder of Fit Leaders. He's a principal who now has a new role ahead, and we're going to talk about that a little bit today. But Dr. Ryan Jackson. Ryan, how you doing, my man? Man, great, Brandon. Thanks for having me, buddy. Honored to be a part of this. Oh, it's my pleasure. As I said in the pre-show a little bit, I've been following, and we've been connecting for a while. And it's really great to be able to get you on here and talk about your story, but also about some of the great things that you're doing right now, especially talking about the big leap that you've taken recently, but let's rewind back a little bit and let's talk a little bit about what everybody talks about on this show is how did you get to where you are right now? How'd you get in this education journey? Man, if you would have asked a 22 year old me, it would have, it certainly wouldn't have been here. You know, um, got my undergrad in business administration. I'm from Evansville, Indiana. And grew up, you know, born in 79, man, grew up in the VHS era and just loved, man, loved movies, had a video store not far from where I was. So I can remember getting that $2 on a Friday night and walking to the video store, you know, renting films. So I had this passion for film man. I just grew up loving it and wanted to be a filmmaker. And that, that crystallized for me in my early 20s um, in undergrad when I, I formalized a an LLC called Perpetual Pictures with a couple of friends of mine who decided to move to Nashville. You know, Nashville was about two and a half hours away. And it was the jump off point really for any kind of production at that time in the late 90s. Nashville was like the second Hollywood. 90 percent of music videos were being shot in Nashville. So we wanted to be feature filmmakers. So writing a script, raising capital, ended up raising about 45 grand at you know 21 years old. And we leveraged that to shoot a feature length film in Nashville. So I was commuting back and forth from classes my senior year to a shooting schedule that was 22 days. Um, we were shooting six days a week and did all that my senior year, graduated, moved to Nashville immediately. Again, still goal to be man a filmmaker. I get a job at the Tennessean. So grinding by day, finishing funds by night. We cut a trailer. Rest is history, man. I got the rest of the money. We finished this 90-minute movie, man. It's going to be amazing, life-changing. I take that movie and go to Los Angeles. Um, and at the time, and again, this is 2002. So we, uh, we shot that on film. That was a big deal that we had shot it on Super 16 millimeter at the time. So we were able to find a distributor pretty quickly. We got a domestic home DVD deal. You know, that's back when like Hollywood video and blockbusters were still were still the market share. And 
were able to get that pretty quickly, but it, it, the money just did not change my life. And at the time, I'd been working on a script called Mr. Brown and the Mothership Connection that had James Brown attached to it and grinding to try to make that happen. was living in Los Angeles briefly. Um, long story short, man, Mr. Brown passed away. I decided I didn't want to be 30 years old living in a one bedroom apartment with three other guys. So I moved back to Nashville and, you know, needed to work, man. So took on some work as a copywriter at a local artisan bakery and cafe in their central office. And while I was doing that, the recession hits. OK, so now we're talking about 2007, 2008. I'm trying to grind it out as a writer. I'm doing short films. I'm, I'm still trying to you know, be a creative man. And the recession hits. And I can remember, man, I kid you not, this segues us into education. I'm sitting at one of these coffee shops and, you know, the news headline front page, man, it's front page splashed across the top. It said hard to fill schools offering combat pay. And it had this lady on there with a bullhorn. And I thought, man, that's uh, that's <laughs> it may not be for me, but I'm going to find out because I was about to lose my job. Essentially, you know, recession we was a two person marketing department. I was the writer, not the graphic designer. So I was the one to be cut first interviewed with with that principal who would end up becoming a mentor of mine. Rest in peace, Dr. Julie Williams. She hired me, had never taught a day in my life before that, but besides some substitute teaching. But I had a passion for writing and, and really talked my way into that, that I was going to teach these students at Maplewood High School in East Nashville, Tennessee, how to be better writers. Man, she hires me that day. I started a, the, the day after spring break of the 2007-2008 school year in a pretty tough school, rough environment, following subs that had been there for the majority of the year. So you can imagine I walk in and immediately think, man, I'm about to disappoint a lot of people because this isn't going to work. But by the end of the week, you know, you've got kids asking you, are you going to stay? Um, and you start to feel like, man, I'm, I'm connected here. I, I, I like what I'm doing. Um, there's there's purpose. It's incredibly challenging, exhausting, frustrating. Nine years later, man, I was still there and, and loving every bit of it. But I had transitioned from a principal, I mean, from a, a teacher to an assistant principal throughout that time. So. Just fell in love with public education. I'm a public education kid. I believe in the underdog. You know, I believe kids, even in the toughest circumstances, no matter your socioeconomic class, you know, need advocates, need people moving away those obstacles and barriers so they can be successful. So I just sort of fell into it and then fell in love with it. You know, and 16 years later, man, I'm, I'm still in the game trying to change lives. Yeah, no, and it's kind of an understatement when you say you fell in love with it because I watch, I've seen you interact on video with some of your students, and I can specifically remember one of the videos that I saw where you, I think you were doing a pep rally or something like that, and I'm just watching you connect with all these kids, and you're just, it's like you're more than just a teacher or a principal or something like that, but you really are their advocate, and Where'd that whole idea for that title? Because I know that's what your title is on Twitter, Underdogs Advocate. Talk a little bit about that. Uh, man, um, that just goes back to the teaching days and, and probably some of the some of the movie passion stuff. If you remember the, the film The Devil's Advocate with Keanu Reeves, um, you know, that's probably where, you know, the idea kind of like spawned from. But that time at that time in Maplewood, man, I mean, I can remember as a teacher, and this is why I, I say this in my keynote a lot, you know, and you, you've talked about social media and sharing messages. So I'm going to, I'm going to be kind of explicit with this. You know, when I was a teacher and had, had 
resurrected the journalism program at this tough inner city Nashville school. And the kids, you know, after a year or two had really perfected our craft. They were creating an eight page, full color, glossy news magazine. I mean, it was just beautiful, man. I didn't know anything about Adobe. That was giving it to the kids and letting them figure it out. I was just teaching them how to write. But we end up competing at the Tennessee High School Press Association, man. And we make it all the way to the end. And we're competing against a school, a private school called Harpeth Hall, which, I mean, they're one of the prestigious alums is Reese Witherspoon. Okay. So it's an all girls school, private school in Nashville. And here's Maplewood high school. I mean, in 2008, man, we'd had somebody murdered at graduation. It's tough, man. Like just no bones, man. Tough, but we're competing against this group and end up getting second place, you know, and we got this outstanding achievement award for our work. And I remember it just being so proud of that fact for these kids, you know, that were standing, you know, shoulder to shoulder with this elite group of folks and here we were, man, slugging it out with them. But I didn't have social media at that time. You know, this is probably 2009, early 2010. I didn't have social media. So the only people that knew about that win, and I'll constitute that as a win for that community, that school, you know, were the people that were there. And now that I have these platforms, now that I can leverage, you know, these windows of insight, man, I do that as much as I can, especially for kids, especially for kids, you know, that are that are from tough backgrounds, like where I was at Mount Pleasant, Tennessee, where I was at Maplewood High School. So that's just kind of been in me, man, that underdog spirit, man, I'm always going to fight, you know, for for the person who has less, I'm always going to fight for that person that needs somebody in their corner. And I want to be clear and just be direct, man, this isn't about saviorism, this isn't about thinking I can fix everybody. Man, this is about getting in there and being an advocate. This is about getting in there and using the white privilege that I have to help people, man, to change their situation for the better and stand up, chin check people when you have to, you know, in order to just boost everybody. You know, a rising tide lifts all boats. So if I can change somebody's life, man, and the work that I'm doing impacts them or correlates to a self-actualization moment for them, that's what I'm going to do. Yeah, that's that's an amazing, amazing statement. I love the way you say that. And I think it's important, too, that our listeners out there know that, you know, I love how you say that it's not that you're the one out there trying to be a savior or anything, but it's just your belief, your belief that it, it, that we can, that we can do better, that we can push further, that we, you know, the limitations, you're taking the limitations and you're kind of pushing those away and saying, hey, we can do this together and I'm here to guide you and I'm here to be with you. And I think that that's a huge part of it. I mean, you have a really such an interesting story, you know, and I, I think that what's most amazing to me is that you started out saying like, I had no idea that I was going to be an educator. And here you are now you've gone from being a teacher, being a, a, a principal, a school leader, et cetera. And now you have even another great opportunity that you decided to start. So tell us about your your newest venture, where you're going, which basically required you to step out of that role of that that particular school and step into something new. Yeah, it did, man. You know, last year was was fortunate enough to be to be voted uh, principal of the year for my county. I'm a semifinalist for principal of the year for the state for Tennessee, which is still ongoing. Those announced the nine finalists will be announced here in the next couple of weeks. So I'm still in the hunt for that. But it was just that kind of year, man. You know, I'm I'm a principal of the year. I had I had really checkboxed a couple of things that I really wanted to get done. We formalized a partnership with Lee Company, which is one of the largest HVAC companies, you know, in this tri-state area. 
and graduated our first kid out of Mount Pleasant High School that went directly into the workforce for Lee Company. Did that with Lee Company, did that with BMC Metals through a welding pipeline that we created. So I wanted to take it from proof of concept to actually graduating kids who were going straight into the workforce, making above entry level pay, full-time benefits, just life-changing, you know, for this community, for those kids. So as those things started to shore up, man, I knew um, in, in my mind, I'd always told myself as a principal, I, I was going to do eight. Like that was going to be it. Eight was the arbitrary number for me, but anything after eight was going to be complacency. So I did six. I mean, I got to six and I started to feel that, well, I could do one more, but then that became, man, that sounds like complacency to me. Like I could do one more or I could do something else that impacts in a different way. So public speaking started to take off for me. I was I was getting booked to keynote and that was a lot of fun. So I ended up packaging 12 dates as a tour. And I thought, man, that 12 could easily turn into 20. And I sort of used that as my segue. And as I was starting to make that transition, an opportunity opened up to be the director of leadership and business development for Kids on Stage of Murray County, which is a nonprofit dedicated to closing the industry and education gap and helping students take ownership of their education at an earlier age. So that is a model that, that I had been a part of formalizing while I was in Mount Pleasant. We ran that model for six years, yielding lots of success and everything from culture, academics, industry partners, workforce development. And we wanna extrapolate that now throughout the county. And that, that's really where my work put me. It centers me there to help do that and expand that to bigger schools, more schools, unifying campuses, bringing in business partners, not only facilitating the conversations, but also incubating those businesses inside schools to create the kind of pathways that yield these life-changing outcomes for kids. Wow. It's a mouthful, man. I know. I told you. You just have no, to kind of slow me down. It's not a mouthful. It's it's It all makes sense. You know, you're taking your impact to another level and you're continuing, you're still in education, you're still, but you're taking it to a whole nother level, to a county level, which being in one building wouldn't really allow you to do that at that point. You know what I mean? Being now you have the opportunity to be in all these different places. I love the the piece you talk a little bit about the speaking and a lot of people I know that listen to this show, a lot of them are speakers or a lot of them are people entering the speaking space. You know, talk a little bit about that transition for you you know how did you go about having all of a sudden one speaking gig turn into 12 speaking gigs turn into a career oh man um you know a couple of people i would have to shout out um one would be man you know i gotta shout out my man hamish brewer who threw me an opportunity several years ago to essentially fill in for him in an, at an indiana speaking gig and i'll never forget that or or him for that you know and also good friend of mine mentor of mine dr connie who works for cognia cognia formerly advanced education they're an accreditation company that's been around forever she throws me an opportunity to speak at one of her stem summits so those were like the first dabbles that I had with it, man, ended up really enjoying it. I've got somewhat of a innate talent for it, a knack for it. I'm a storyteller kind of by nature, but ended up getting a gig with Cognia for Alabama last January. And man, I hadn't spoken in a while, you know, we're coming out of the pandemic. There hadn't been anything in person. Um, so here I got an opportunity. It's going to be in person, live down in Alabama. I drive down there. 
And, you know, it ends up being in this church, kind of like a mega church, man. It's massive. It had these massive screens. I mean, I'm, I'm really not prepared for this, man. I'm, I'm thinking I'll be in a small room. But it ends up being this just this massive space, tiered seating. And it's, it's I mean, it's booked, man. It's full. I'm like, okay. But I get up there, man. I've got the lapel mic. They've got a monitor in front. I mean, I, it felt, it was different, man. I felt like this is, man, this is special. And like, it was one of those moments where I just ran with it, man. I ended up giving probably the best keynote that I'd ever got. That was January, 2022. And from that one, from that keynote, where instead of leaving right after, which I normally do, like I'll do my thing and then I'm hustling back to school because I'm still a principal at that time. Um, I decided to int introduce myself to one of the Cognia folks, a vice president that I hadn't hadn't connected with. So I come back in to say something to him and man, people just start coming up. And from there, I'm, I'm doing the meet and greet, shaking hands, taking pictures. Never done that before, as awkward as it was. But man, I got seven dates off of that, like for just from people that had heard that one. We're like, man, we would love you to come here. So I just started kind of packaging that as what I called the Underdogs Advocate Tour. And man, that took me from, you know, Mobile, Alabama to Wetumpka, Alabama. So I was going from these state conferences to small, you know, very small district conferences to leadership team retreats. And man, just just spreading that message, you know, just telling telling my story, the school story, my point of view, the success we had at the school, while also just trying to inspire others with that kind of uplifting message that we're all in this together. And man, one thing, you know, after you've done it like a, a large number in a concentrated amount of time, I will say, man, that I have a newfound respect, man, for people who grind that way, because it, it certainly is that, man, it is a grind. And you, you got to love it, man, to, to, to do it the way it needs to be done, for sure. Absolutely. It's a lot of hustle. It's a lot of travel. It's a lot of yeah. moving parts. It's being in 45 places at once and trying to coordinate all your schedule. But, you know, I think it's I think it's something to be said because there are people out there that are sharing great stories and they're sharing, you know, not necessarily always the particular, the, the straightforward, the curricular professional, professional development, or this is how to do it. But you're, you know, more of starting from that place of inspiration, starting from that place of the story. And, you know, when you go out there, I'm sure you do it and we all have it. I do it as well. When I, when I speak, I have, I have my piece, but when you go out and, and you speak and what do you think it is that 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 really resonated with those folks that were like waiting for you at the door like you know like you were justin bieber or something you know <laughs> man i think if if i'm just being straightforward with myself there's a great line uh by jay-z man where he says you know you can't talk like i talk because you haven't been where i've been um, I've been in some tough situations, you know, both personally and and professionally. I'm, I'm, I'll be 10 years, you know, sober January 1, 2023. Um, something I'm very proud of, something I work at daily, you know, hence fit leaders, the, the lifestyle, fitness, all of that. But I'm real authentic. I'm very transparent in my keynote. So, you know, I, I kind of have this running joke. I mean, everything I'm going to share with you is rooted in receipts. And I love receipts, man. I love to show them, you know, whether that's student achievement, culture, you know, news clippings, whatever it is, everything you get from me, it's not going to be platitudes. It's not going to be pandering. It's going to be rooted in receipts, very authentic. You know, I believe in radical candor. When you care about something deeply, you speak to it directly. So that's the energy, the tone, 
you know, but I'm, but I'm also vulnerable, man. I just, I just share that, you know, I was living out of my car at one point. I mean, I was, I was on the, on the verge of being just a flat out broke down alcoholic in his, in his early thirties, you know, and, and overcoming that and coming back from that and sharing my past from Evansville, Indiana with a dad who died young due to alcoholism, you know, for coming from a public school cluster that's still in failing status and never having a favorite teacher, man. Like when people ask, Hey, who's your favorite teacher growing up, man, I can't answer that, man. I wouldn't meet that person until I was an undergrad in college that paid me a compliment that I was a halfway decent writer. So I think back on those times and I, I, if I have to be that person for somebody, man, that's who I'm going to be, whether that's a kid, whether that's an adult. And, you know, we, we get confused on on motivation and inspiration. You know, motivation comes from within. That's dopamine, man. That's neuroscience. Why we set goals, how we set goals, what makes us chase them. But inspiration is external. So if I can be someone's inspiration by telling my story, by sharing our successes and our setbacks and how we've had to overcome that, man, I'm here for that. And, and keynote speaking in the vein, the way that I do it is, is very much like that. Yeah, no, I appreciate that. First of all, congrats on that coming up on 10 years. That's amazing. And, yeah, and double, thank you for sharing digits. that. I'm almost yeah. there. I appreciate that. Thank you for sharing that. Um, you, you keep it real. You're telling the story of, you know, if you think about it, there's so many other kids and there's so many other young adults that are out there that are going through that same same place in their life as they battle that negativity, as they battle those limitations. There's so many scapegoats. There's so many ways to go through life experiencing those limitations and that negativity. And there's many ways to deal with it. There's many ways to suppress it. There's many ways to push it under the rug. And, you know, I think it's just most important that you're out there. I, I think it's really important that you're out there sharing. I appreciate the story that you're sharing. And and you talk a little bit about fit leaders. So talk a little bit about the, the discovery of that, because two years ago, that's how I, I think I came across you. I was like, oh, this is, you know, I, I like fitness. You know, I'm a fitness guy. Let's, you know, fit leaders and, and talk a little bit about that. There's some awesome people behind that as well. Man, it's, it's grown into an organic just juggernaut, you know, that that's far exceeded my, my expectations. This, this was birthed about eight years ago. And you can really, man, track social media timelines. I mean, fitness was just taboo in education, you know, before that. You know, you certainly weren't like posting like your workout pics. I mean, it just wasn't a thing. So I was using I was using weightlifting, you know, which would turn more, more so into bodybuilding. I don't compete, but I'm, I'm not into to, to power numbers. I don't try to go as heavy as I used to. It's now just very much about, about bodybuilding for me. But I was using weightlifting strategically, man, purposefully, intentionally, because when I did that, I didn't feel the need to drink. So I'd work out during the week and then I'd still have some drinks on the weekends. And then I graduated. So I'm not drinking at all. Um, I'm but I'm working out six days a week. I mean, it really became a lifestyle. And I can remember my wife, man, shout out to her, you know, telling me, man, you, you spend all this time in the gym and you ought to be doing something with that. You know, and I had recently got on Twitter and just started to man, post by post. I'm in the gym today, like trying to better myself. You know, it started as corny as that to creating the hashtag fish leaders to make it in it an LLC to reaching out to other people, getting them to join, to it culminating now in our first ever Fit Leaders Summit going down this summer, June 2023 in Texas. Um, going to be a big event for us. 
but it's a life-changing movement, man. That's that's more so dedicated to living better in order to lead better and uplifting others, man, so that they don't feel like they're alone on that journey. Absolutely. You know, I think as someone, as I saw that, I remember coming across that and I remember saying to myself, I have not seen anybody connected to, you know, like here I am, I'm someone who believes in fitness. I believe in, in, in working out. I'm a coach in my, in my profession as well. So I'm constantly training individuals, training teams and, you know, why not connect the two? Right. And especially as leaders, because there, if I, if there's one thing I've noticed in not just education, but as people get more busy in their lives, what's the first thing that they stop doing? Usually they take off the exercise and then that leads into a couple of days and that leads into a couple of months. And then there's all these other periods of sadness or unhappiness in their lives. Whereas if they just got out and worked out for 15 minutes or exercise or took a walk or did something, moved your body. Yeah. And I think that's what's cool about fit leaders. It's like not necessarily you have to be like a hardcore bodybuilder. You don't. Yeah. You just have to be somebody who believes in being fitness and fit and being in shape and taking care of yourself. And I think that's what's really cool. And I've met so many, I've seen so many amazing people pop up through that hashtag actually that I've connected with. And I think it's inspiring that people are out there. And we sometimes look at people posting things on on you know social media. And you're like, oh, well, they're at the gym posting things. Well, go for it. Do what makes you happy. If that's what you would like to share with your friends and then share away because it is inspiring and it has caught some serious, some serious momentum. And, you know, you talk back and rewinding back a second, back to your wife. One thing we do on this episode is we unlock, we dedicate the episode to somebody who's out there unlocking unlimited potential in all whom they serve. And we talked about dedicating this episode to your wife. So let's give that shout out. Tell us, tell us, tell us about Leticia. Man, Leticia Skay Jackson, Malawi born, moves to the United States at three years old. Native language is Chichewa, you know, as an English second language learner, now a rock star level five English teacher. I mean, she's taught in the largest county in the United States, Duval County in Jacksonville, Florida. She's taught at Martin Luther King Jr. Magnet, where Michelle Obama visited a Blue Ribbon School. She's taught down here in rural Tennessee at Mount Pleasant. She's now in the most affluent county in the state at Independence High School. Middle school, high school, rock star, doesn't matter. She loves teaching, loves changing lives. She's hilarious. And she's the battery in my back every day. Um, and she's also an alpha, man. She'll tell you how it is and what she thinks and has no problem you know, chin checking you if you're wrong. And I love that about her, man. She, she keeps me accountable and absolutely helped change my life. Plus the countless lives that she changes, man, year to year through education. So big shout out to Lestesia Skate Jackson, man. She's, uh, she's my inspiration. Shout out to Mrs. Jackson, almost Dr. Jackson. Almost, man. She's uh, getting ready to have this PhD, man, in literacy studies through uh, MTSU. So I'm excited about that for her, man. She graduates in December. She's on a chapter five of her dissertation, man. So she's ah, she she's in the final season. stretch. Yeah, we're, she's we're on right the home stretch. There, we're right there. We're right oh, there. That's awesome, man. Well, the, definitely a shout out to her. Good luck in the journey. Keep going. Keep doing what she's doing because it's amazing stuff. You know, another thing we've talked about so much on this show, just the journey from filmmaker <laughs> to educator mm -hmm to underdog advocate 
and so much more taking your your impact to a bigger level which is really amazing so that kids continue to take ownership of their education journey i mean that's that's really what it's all about and so one thing i ask everybody to do on this show is i ask them to finish my sentence so unlocking unlimited potential means you know i'm a big fan of maslow like, like most of us are um but I always love the idea of self-actualization, you know, which is a fancy way of saying being your best. You know, can we, you know, can we help kids be their best, man? Can I be a change agent that if I get involved in your life, whatever capacity that is, whether that's opening a door for you, you know, whether that's whether that's picking you up after you've fallen, whether that's being that lighthouse, man, even when I'm not near, you know, just just things we've said, the way we've connected and communicated with each other, you know, I'm out there. So come find me, come push towards it, you know, unlocking that kind of potential, man, is helping someone reach self-actualization and be their very best. Absolutely. I appreciate that. You know, you've talked about so many great things coming up. You mentioned the Fit Leaders Summit in June. I am excited about this. This sounds awesome. An, an in-person summit? In-person summit, man, June 23rd, 24th, 25th. So June 23rd is going to be a Thursday night um, mixer, and then we'll do Friday. It's going to be very much be like a TEDx style, lots of inspiration, motivation. We're getting that lineup going now. And then we'll close it off with a Fit Leaders 5K on Saturday morning. So, man, if you don't know my man R down in Rio Hondo, Texas, man, he's an awesome principal, man. He's a good dude. Love that guy, man. He's, he's been great for me. You know, and just just an inspiration for me. But we're going to have it at Rio Hondo High School. In fact, I'm. I'm, I'm oh, yes. Awesome. The Rio today. Hondo. Yeah. So not, not, you know, not far from um, from the coast and awesome. should be a good time in June, man. 30 minutes from the beach. But to give fit leaders a first chance, man, for so many of us, you know, because because man, we're across the globe at this point now. In fact, my former superintendent, you know, tags me in a tweet this morning. He's running in Tokyo. He's with the Department of Defense. He's an instructional leader there based out of Tokyo. So, man, it's tagging me in a fit leaders post about running around Tokyo. You know, we're everywhere out here. <laughs> but this will give us an opportunity, man, to get people together that have never connected in the physical, you know, to really meet and, and should be the first of, of many going forward. And that's the hashtag fit leaders. So yes, if you are out there and you are a fit leader, if you're a, an educator and you are out there doing some fitness, taking care of that body, getting that body moving, post Put it right there. You heard it. Hashtag Man, post, yeah. post, post tag us. You know, yeah. I don't care. I don't care what stage you're in. I don't care if you're thinking of starting, man. Man, just tune in. You can lurk for a while until you decide to, to kind of get the courage to do your own post. But man, tag us. Let us know what's going on. We've got some great captains that are in this group from multiple states. You know, we've got runners represented. We've got bodybuilders represented. We've got yoga folks represented. I mean, really every aspects of, fit, of fitness, you know, mental health, well-being, we, we've got it covered, man. So we want to help. That's it. I'm not here to sell anybody anything, man. We just want to help change your life. You know, I'm real big. Again, we talked about Maslow. And the funny thing about Maslow, we, we all kind of get that belonging piece. More and more, we talk about that in schools, making people feel like they belong. But I love the neuroscience behind it. You know, Maslow told us when you make someone feel like they belong and there's that perceived sense of belonging in turn, they feel efficacious, man, which is a fancy way of feeling capable. Now you start to say things like, I'll try that. I'll do that. 
you know, and then when entropy hits, you know, entropy is a, is a, is a, is a thermodynamic law, man, of life. Entropy is going to hit. You're going to get knocked off the horse. You're going to stop. You said it earlier. One day turns into two weeks. That's entropy, man. Stop beating yourself up. Get right back on the horse and you're posting the next day. You're right there with us, man. So we're here to pull you out of that entropy stage, too, and get you back on the horse and moving. Because, man, if one thing I know about leadership, Peter Kotzenbaum said it best, man, leadership is about survival. And, man, we are help, We are here to help you live better, lead better, and last longer. Man, that's our mantra. Absolutely. That's it. That is awesome. So some great things coming from you. You have a big, 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 big school year ahead for you with some great things that are happening. It's been really, honestly, it's been super inspiring i'm looking over my notes and i just have tons of notes of of awesomeness from all the things you're saying from from neuroscience to you know making films to leading individuals leading yourself and also just being involved in with others on this this fitness health journey mental health as well as physical health as well as emotional health as well as everything you know it's just you're there to take care and you're there to provide inspiration, that motivation, a little bit of everything. And I think that that's critical. So I appreciate you joining this show. If you have not checked him out, if you have not checked out Dr. Ryan Jackson, you got to get on that like ASAP because this is some amazing stuff. I'm super inspired by everything that I've seen. You can find him on Twitter at Fit Leaders. You can find him at The Underdog Advocate. You can find him at Ryan B. Jackson one. Those are all the places you can find him. And if you have not done it yet, reach out, connect because he's out there. He's ready for you. Dr. J, I appreciate everything that you've done today and I appreciate all that you're doing. And I wish you the best of luck in the future, my man. Man, I want to say this honored to be on the podcast. Thank you. Thank you for sharing this message. And I do believe, man, that many hands make light work. So in every platform, every capacity that we have to change somebody's life, including this podcast and the work you're doing, man, let's do it. And let's do it at a very high level, man. Thank you. Let's do it. Let's do it. And that reminds me, if you are out there and you are listening to this episode and you liked anything that you heard, please do us a favor, share it, tag us, let us know what you learned. Let us know what you liked and give it to somebody who needs a little bit of hope or a little bit of inspiration to keep going because there's a lot of keep going inside this podcast. And then finally, if you haven't signed up for the Something For You newsletter yet from BrandonBeckEDU.com, it is completely free. You should do it. Sign up on the 1st and 15th of every month. I send out some awesome, helpful tips that will help you continue to unlock unlimited potential on your journey, both professionally and personally. So check that out as well. And remember everybody, the journey towards unlocking unlimited potential begins with you. I hope all of you continue to remember that. And I hope that you all continue to educate with passion and purpose and everything that you do. Ryan, I appreciate you, brother. Thank you for everything. It's an honor, man. Thank you.